Hello, Mark. Welcome to today's session. Um, Mark is from uh, Firm Nexus, and he has some good insights on uh, accounting firms and I mean, decision makers in accounting firms and what they can do in content. So, Mark, if you could introduce yourself and what we're going to discuss today, that would be great. Hi. Thanks, Ganesh. Thank you for uh, having me on the podcast today. Um, yeah, so I am a CPA based out of Canada. I've been a CPA going now on just uh, just about a decade. And uh, I worked in uh, in a big, large accounting firm at, at Ernst & Young for just about five years then sure. left to join uh, industry for, for three and then launched my own virtual uh, CPA firm in 2017 and then sold it in 2021. And now I work exclusively with firm owners, uh, CPA firm owners, accounting firm owners to, you know, improve their team tech and trajectory of their firms. And yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about content creation today. This is something that I think is is uh, underestimated in, in growing accounting firms and delivering value to to prospects. That's that's great, uh, Mark. So content creation is uh, not something that's in the radar for most of the account for the practice owners. So, I mean, even though it's uh, it's one of the critical things that they can do to generate income and new 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 business, especially with the digital world, content is king. And I'm sure that you could provide some good insights on what are all the different areas that they can think about in content and how they can do it effectively. Yeah, and, and for a lot of firms, they're realizing that being solely focused on compliance work has paid the bills up to this point. But as AI and bots kind of come in and are supplementing a lot of that that work, a lot of firms are pivoting to advisory work. And advisory is a is a harder sell than most compliance work because the deliverable, the outcome for the client is less um, is less clear. You know, you prepare tax returns, you complete audits. The deliverable is clear. Whereas with advisory, we're focusing on um, undefined deliverables, usually in you know in terms of process improvement or uh, you know profitability increase in profitability. So. Um, helping clients understand your value through content creation is important before any engagement is is uh, kind of inked. So as a firm owner practice and accounting firm, where do they even start when you when you talk about content? Because there's so many digital avenues, websites, social media, and so on. Where do they even start or where do you even think about starting? Or how do they even go about doing it? Well, I, I've prepared a little bit of a, of a deck here to kind of provide some visuals and really good examples of, of, of content. If we can jump into that, that would be, oh, yeah. that'd be fantastic. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So at the end of the day, the game, uh, the game plan is to use content to increase your leads and clients. And so that's, uh, that's what we're going to kind of focus on here. Sure. And, you know, I have a quick little agenda introduction, why create content? things to do before you start creating content, what makes good content, and then a good system and process to have in place. And then I have a wrap-up and a, an exclusive offer for those that kind of watch the, the podcast to the end um, to, to you know jumpstart their content creation uh, journey. Sure. So we talked a little bit about uh, my journey. So started at EY 2019, got my CPA in 2013, and I left audit and started transactions. So I was involved with M&A uh, due diligence support for a year and a half, left public accounting, became a controller. But then I started, um, uh, you know, I started a side hustle while working at EY in, in 2011 and maintained that 
through almost five years before I launched my firm um, in 2017. Uh, so I turned that side hustle into uh, my CPA firm um, in 2017. Moved across the country, didn't have a local network. I moved close to my uh, wife's family, so I didn't have a local network. And so I couldn't rely on traditional referrals and kind of brick and mortar, brick and mortar tactics to grow my firm. And then in 2021, I sold my, uh, my firm. Right so, after COVID. Right at, well, right <laughs> after COVID. Yeah. And COVID <laughs> actually was, was quite uh, a good thing for my firm because I was already virtual. Um, you know, my team was virtual, so there wasn't a real impact in terms of not coming to the office or meeting with clients in person. So I was positioned well when COVID hit. And so in 2022, I launched Firm Nexus and started to take content creation uh, seriously. Um, so for a lot of accountants, I would recommend uh, focusing on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I focus because my primary um, client avatar are accounting firm and bookkeeping firm owners. LinkedIn is becoming a B2B networking powerhouse. And so sourcing clients there is is a real opportunity um i've experienced really good growth and results over the short time that i've been using linkedin and i just wanted to share you know some of the some of the details over the last year um these are all available through an app called uh, shield so shield app plugs into your linkedin and tracks your your results you know we're a results tracking profession and so this uh, helps us identify what is getting traction uh when you're creating content that's great i mean look looking at all the charts they have a huge trajectory going from left to right impressive thank you um and you know it can be daunting to think about where to start with with content um you know is there going to be an roi on that effort and i'll tell you up front that the roi is very small at the beginning but we don't want to lose sight of why we're creating content. So end goal to get more clients and more leads. Uh, and at the end of the day, when we break down any kind of sales tactic uh, or any sales um, uh, system, we can, there are generally four methods to get more leads. There's cold outreach, kind of one-to-one. -one, so that's just talking to people that don't know you or haven't heard about you, uh, paid ads, that's one to many. So it's kind of like cold outreach, but you're doing it one to many. Uh, warm outreach. So you're talking to referrals, you're talking to friends and family, people that know of you or about you. And then content is that warm reach, um, warm outreach, but it's one to many. And that's where the magic kind of exists, where you can kind of create an audience and you can warm them up yourself by exposing them uh, to you continually. And also, I mean, I would like that maybe with the content, when you put it out there, uh, that content stays there for a long time. So you do get clients not only now, but even in the future too, right? So it's useful for getting leads not only now, but in future as well. So that's a great well, way. Well, exactly. I, I've been on, you know, dozen, dozens of podcasts and I have leads pop up all the time that say, oh, I heard you on, you know, such and such podcast. And then I think in my mind, I'm like, that was eight months ago, right? Yeah. And so this content um, uh, circulates. Now, LinkedIn content, not so much. 
you know, social media content, not so much, but, you know, the long format videos on YouTube, uh, podcasts, those longer format items. I would do a weekly newsletter that circulates quite a bit as well. Those longer format models, they're the ones that circulate. And so I try to strike a balance between, you know, the short-term posting daily on LinkedIn versus the long-term weekly newsletter that I, I send out. So regardless of method, here's the process. We're going to create connections. That's everybody we come in contact with. So now Ganesh, you and I are our are, are contacts, our connections, I should say, but we want to move to contacts. So now we've exchanged, um, you know, personal information, whether it be uh, phone numbers or email addresses, and then we want to move them to become prospects. And then from there, we want them to become pl- uh, clients. And at the end of the day, you know, every single client has to move through this process. Some do it faster, some do it slower, but the pro tip is warm leads convert faster. And so if you can get them into this kind of this uh, step-by-step process through a warm avenue, they're going to convert faster. Now, before we start creating content, we want to optimize the social profiles. And, you know, right now I'm kind of feel, I feel like I'm speaking at you, Ganesh, a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this because I feel like it's truly an unlock for a lot of, uh, a lot of accountants. Um, and so, cause it's, it's not the avenue that most accounting firms have taken historically, but we're, we're in a stage where selling B2B is looking more like selling B2C than ever before. So those journeys, those journeys are kind of, you know, we used to think that, you know, well, I did when I first started my firm, I was like, I don't want to spend my time on Facebook because my clients aren't there. However, however, clients are now going through those avenues of finding social proof, you know, finding um, background information about you before engaging in a further conversation. So part of that is is optimizing our, our social profiles. This is my LinkedIn profile. You want to this focus on... I mean, I mean, when you say social profile, I, I mean, these all these tools, right? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and they keep changing. So it's hard for an accounting firm owner to know when when it changes what it because these i mean these platforms keep changing and it, it it's not easy to keep up with those changes as well right? even though it's fruitful they have to um i mean i'm sure that you will give some good tips on uh, how how to make all this uh, social profiles useful and all that yeah so it it definitely depending on how big your firm is uh keeping up with like the social algorithmic changes uh is hard um for me i i post on LinkedIn primarily because that's a good funnel for me. Um, and I do post regularly on Facebook, uh, but not in such an intentional way because Facebook is where I run my paid ads. Okay. And when somebody clicks onto a paid ad, I want them to see I want them to see a profile that is relatively active. Um, I don't have a lot of followers. You know, I'm I'm edging up to 7,400 followers on LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook is is a fraction of that because I spend my time in LinkedIn. So the advice would be kind of focus on one channel, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook, um, where your clients uh, work or where your clients consume content. Um, I currently work with firm owners that are on TikTok because that's where their ideal clients are. 
I work with firm owners that post regularly on LinkedIn because that's where their clients are. So just don't get overwhelmed with being everywhere all the time. Pick one channel and kind of focus there. That's that's great advice. Yeah, because I mean, if you went to focus on many channels, you would need a good amount of uh, staff to do that, right? So picking one and then hitting on it, then seeing it grow, and then you can expand it later. That's a great advice. And there's a lot of firms that will engage like a marketing company, and they can touch all those channels. However, sometimes, and I'll get into this a little bit, um, marketing firms are usually take a generalist approach with the content that they provide. If you're not involved with the content creation, they're going to just use general accounting um, content. And because they're, they're not aware of the nuances that maybe your clients are dealing with. But the nuances and the problems are where the nuggets are, are where the real um, attention-grabbing content exists. And so it's better to be really good and really nuanced in one channel than general and kind of just extra noise in the other channels. Sure. Yeah. Great advice. So... So number one, create a banner to explain your value prop, you know, call to action. So at the end of the day, I work with firm owners to build uh, systems to, to create connected and scalable firms. And then my call to action is to get onto my newsletter, you know, have a good, clear professional headshot. You know, some firms that are a little bit larger, they kind of hide behind their uh, corporate facade. They like to just say like, oh, we're, you know, X, Y, Z accounting firm. Um, but People want to connect with people. So if you can have one or two spokespeople um, that can actually be a little more vocal on these social channels and represent your firm, even if it's a hundred person firm, if you have, you know, maybe a maybe a partner, maybe a senior manager that uh, can do some of that uh, content posting instead of a, a kind of a faceless firm, there can be more personal connection there. Like I said, the B2B selling journey is getting closer to a B2C journey and so that personal connection is part of of how it um how it happens for for some of these clients and then number three you know how you help your perfect client avatar and remember when you post on linkedin this uh little uh linkedin bio for my, for me it's helping accountants take home uh, 250,000 a year that appears underneath your name whenever you post on linkedin and so it's free real estate for whenever you comment, your tagline is going to be there right by your name. Uh, so it's it's important to kind of really refine that, you know, speak to your ideal client avatar and see if you can um, provide value or really uh, help identify a solution to problems people are dealing with. Uh, for me, I work with firm owners that are maybe generating you know, 500 to a million dollars in revenue, maybe one or two partners, um, and they're not getting that that take home profit that they want. So we build systems to help them grow uh, more profitably and more, you know, in a, in a way that they can scale uh, in a meaningful way. So similar message across all social platforms. You know, I kind of had the same branding across all platforms and you can see my follower count is, is much lower on Instagram, Facebook, and X or or Twitter. Um, but all of the calls to action are the same. The messaging's the same. So, you know, I don't maintain these a lot, but I have people that connect with me on LinkedIn and then I'll see them connect with me on, on Twitter. 
um, and just realize that there's continuity between the platforms. So what you want to do is make sure that there's you know plenty of calls to action in your in your profile so uh, people can get into your sales funnel you want to create a way to gather email addresses and you're going to feed those email addresses into your crm uh, for me i use active campaign mailchimp's a good one it's now the part of the suite for intuit uh, flowdesk is is as an, a reasonable cheap one as well um, and this allows you to get in front of your ideal clients frequently so going back to selling advisory services to be able to um, test drive your value, people are going to use your content. They're going to uh, try to see if if you know you can can talk the talk uh, can consistently, um, and that's what I try to do. Is I don't worry so much about quantity. I worry about quality because I want my clients to get comfortable that I can provide them the value that uh, that they expect when they you know look to make a big investment into changing their firm. It's a good point, Mark, because typically email is always an underutilized strategy uh, in marketing. And uh, I'm sure with the strategy that you have mentioned, and it's it's definitely yields results for sure. Yeah. So another quick pro tip, you know, put a solution and financial impact in your LinkedIn profile. People love numbers, and I'll get into this in just a little bit. They want to know um, what is the financial impact uh, to what uh, what you offer. So for me, I I speak specifically about you know a quarter million dollars on purpose because that um, qualifies and disqualifies who I work with. And I got this interesting uh, message on LinkedIn uh, a couple of weeks ago. So this guy um, says he's not a user on LinkedIn except on the rare occasions. But sometimes we get those emails from uh, LinkedIn that say, hey you should follow this person. And this email came in to this gentleman and my tagline appeared there. And that's what triggered a conversation for him to go on to LinkedIn and trigger a conversation with me. Um, so it's interesting that um, it's powerful to have that, um, that bio working for you all the time. And, and again, you know, if I were to say helping accountants um, increased profit, that probably would have been less attractive than actually putting a number in there because people can identify um, with that or, again, disqualify themselves uh, from getting into my funnel. So, again, it's important to refine your profile bio. Like I mentioned, you know, an example that I shared in my newsletter a couple of uh, months ago was this is an actual bio that I took from somebody that I'm connected with on LinkedIn. They said they're, you know, bookkeeping made simple for therapists and consultants who have outgrown their current systems. That's a very, very common bio. Uh, and, you know, it's it's reasonably strong. So I suggested an improvement, you know, helping therapists upgrade their financial systems to get past 150000 in revenue. So it's a different way of saying what you do, you know, in other parts of this person's bio, they indicated that they were a bookkeeper. So it wasn't, it was a little redundant to include that in the bio. Um, and then they speak about upgrading their systems. So we want to upgrade their financial systems. And then we put a qualifier in there that they're the best equipped to help somebody, uh, a therapist get past 150,000 in revenue. That's, that's a great tagline because that 
will grab attention for sure. If, I mean, if you say that you are helping them grow their business, so uh, that will grab their attention for sure. Yeah. So this, uh, this goes for social media posts and um, uh, paid ads and newsletters and blogs. You know, what, what makes good content? Uh, it's niched. Let me just get here. So niched focused content that speaks um, uh, about problems and solutions instead of just processes. I think we as accountants, we're, we're process driven for sure. And so we constantly speak about, you know, the month end close, that's what we do. Um, you know, bookkeeping, that's what we do. Um, and we we get kind of uh, hyper-focused on letting people know what we do instead of the value that, that we can deliver. So always have one of these, if if not all three of these ideas when you're when you're creating content. Number one is digestible. This is hardest for I think accountants. We need to distill what we know in our head into something that can be consumed by um, our prospects because we have a lot of information in our minds, but uh, making it uh, applicable to our, our prospects is important. And we want to focus on structure as well as vocabulary. You know, keep in mind where you're posting. Uh, most people read um, LinkedIn posts on their mobile device and consuming large blocks of text on mobile is is hard and people will skip over it, especially if especially if they have, you know, a short window to scroll on social media. You want to make it applicable. So can this information be applied to your prospect? Share observations, identify problems, and then share solutions. It's not giving away your secret sauce when you share solutions about how somebody will solve a problem in their business. Um, keep in mind that, you know, business problems are multidisciplined. And so they're not going to solve you're not going to solve anything with a simple LinkedIn post, but you can spark enough interest and value for them to reach out to you and learn more and engage in your services. And then finally, numerical, I mentioned this before. Can you share an idea and apply the learning and observation into a financial impact? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to affect in our prospects business. So a little deeper on digestible structure, optimized for mobile, each line. For me, each line is cut short, so it doesn't go past the width of a mobile screen. Just as an example here. So this is um, what it looks like on desktop for, for posting. Um, I group idea sentences into two or three lines, lots of white space, no complex run-on sentences, easy to consume tidbits. I can write long format. I did it for years. I've wrote I've wrote um, many technical memos, but this is not the place for that. And I know that I'm not any less smart if I write in these short sentences. No, I try to keep sentences and words short. And so if we look at this on desktop, we can compare it to mobile and it is just as digestible, even more, right? Because we have those sentences that don't go the length past the mobile device, short and concise, people want to keep reading because they've had that mental break of that white space in between the sentences. Oh, this message and looks I'm, very, very nice for nicely formatted, very easy to read. Great job, Mark. And, and, you know, lists, bullet points are great. You know, people want to get to the meat of what you're trying to say and bullet points and lists are exactly that. So that structure, 
looking at vocabulary, optimize for comprehension. Uh, there's a great tool I like to use, Hemingway app. Just Google it. And it is a way to uh, look at the grade, the reading grade level of, of your content. And again, you want to bring that reading grade level down to like a grade, you know, a fourth or fifth grade reading level, just so it's as easy as possible to understand. You're not, you know, you're not going to appear less intelligent because you're not using big words. You're going to appear like you understand and your content is digestible for the reader. Uh, applicable. So call out who you want to pay attention to this post. For this one, you know, I called out firms that wanted to move into advisory services. You know, this is how to avoid being terrible at advisory services. So everyone that has been thinking about or trying to offer advisory services in their firm, this grabbed their attention. And then again, I've used that format, you know, make the problem as applicable as you can for the reader. So I jumped into a story with trying to offer advisory services in my firm. It was a disaster, right? I spent so much time just going over and, you know, teaching clients about financial statement formatting, you know, why certain things were prepaid expenses, you know, why was that sitting um, as an asset, you know, on the balance sheet, things like that. I wasn't delivering value. Um, you want to agitate the problem. So again, <laughs> talk about why this is a problem and how it is preventing you from actually delivering value or, you know, increasing profitability. Offer direct solutions to the problem that you've identified. So <clears throat> you want to be specific. General solutions are no good. General solutions are everywhere. You know, you know, for for you know, cash flow, you need to collect, you know, cash sooner from your clients. That's great. That's a general solution. But how do I do that if I am a marketing agency and I have, you know, progress billing? How does that look? Well, you want to set up reminders. You want to get as much payment up front as possible. You want to, you know, automate these things. You know, those are the specific solutions that you want to offer uh, to your uh, readers. So for the solutions that I provided, you know, I said, I said, stop giving them, you know, generic financial statements. They don't know how to read them. They can't get the information from them. So I got really particular. You know, I got into you know, the difference between improving and increasing cash flow. And what does that mean? Um, you know, we use balance sheet accounts to look at improving cash flow. We look at PL accounts to increase cash flow. And there's a difference. And so I got really, really clear on, on what you could do. And then finally, I like to summarize with usually a punchy final thought, um, if possible. So again, advisory is not reporting on KPIs. It's moving clients to action. And so at the end of the day, the process is providing KPIs. The outcome is moving the client to action. Finally, numerical. People love numbers because it equates to money. People are looking to make more money, just plain and simple. This is a post that I've actually reused multiple times. You can reuse your content. Uh, this is a con this is a piece of content that I've used multiple times and each time it performs extremely well because it breaks down, you know, the roadmap for a firm to generate 250,000 in take home cash and profit. And people love it. And like I said, it performs well each time. You know, it's become a plan or a guide for people that are reading the post. And then it becomes a real conversation point for for connections. Um, 
yeah, this is a driver for, for a lot of um, leads. And I'll get into that in just uh, one second here. So we want to create a system and process to create good, good content. You know, good content takes time and effort to make. You can find generic content everywhere. You can get chat GPT to create you thousands of posts and you can smell a chat GPT post a mile away. It's just because, you know, there's, there's big words that chat GPT uses. AI knows, you know, it can scrape the internet, can pull together really great posts, but they're general. They don't have the nuances. They don't speak to people. So it takes effort. You need a system and process to get that good ROI. You, so to keep in mind, you need a niche, you need topics, and you need subtopics, and then you need a post structure to really frame that around. So topic examples, if your prospects are, your ideal prospects are online e-commerce brands, you know, your topics could be unit costing if the client manufactures as well. You know, return on ad spend, ROAS is a big thing in e-commerce, you know, how to track that, how to improve that, and then inventory tracking and integration with your systems. So those are the topics that you could talk on uh, all the time. You know, contractors, maybe you're working with construction contractors, you know, estimating standardization. How do you make, um, how do you streamline that proposal estimating um, process to make sure that you can create repeatable results with your team? You know, job budget tracking and then project costing. So these are, these are the topics. And then subtopics. This, this point that you mentioned, it's also interesting because once you post this, now with all the virtualization, you could potentially get clients all over the country, right? It's not specific to geography that you're getting local clients. With this, you could start conversation with any company anywhere in the country. And that's that's a, a fantastic point because even the smallest firms can niche down from day one. Uh, niches only used to be available for the big firms that had those big geographical networks, right? So you could, you know, if you're in a small town like I am, you know, there are two accountants and they service, you know, the entire local area. Um, these big firms could have multiple offices across those geographies, like I mentioned, and be that specialist for, let's say, auto mechanics or whatever, because they can have that network network and serve that business type across across the country. Now, with technology, even the smallest firms can can start a niche because they can advertise coast to coast and they can really um like I said, leverage that technology and become an expert in that space. So subtopics, uh, as an example for like an e-commerce brand. So we've, we've taken that topic of unit costing and we're going to focus on some subtopics. So, you know, bill of materials, batching, manufacturing, you know, overhead allocation. Like these are things that these, these e-commerce manufacturers deal with. For contractors, we're going to take estimating as the topic. Subtopics could be standardization of work and services, templates. How do we train staff? How do we um, yeah, leverage that repeatability of what we do? And then the digitalization of estimating and overhead absorption. Now, for content to be good, we have to kind of spill over into the other facets of our prospects business. Accounting, um, the numbers touch every aspect. And so we are um, equipped to speak about every aspect, but we just have to get comfortable doing that. So just a kind of visual representation. So there's you, you've created your three to four topics, you've created your subtopics, 
And then we get into those structures. And now this is kind of overwhelming, but you can see how we could create a massive amount of content just by having a system and structure in place. So once you have your topics and subtopics, you need to do, you know, uh, three things. So you need to capture, develop and execute on developing that content. So capture, you know, you want a quick way to capture those ideas. Um, you know, at the end of the night, when I'm just cleaning up the kitchen after a long day, I have three little girls that make in incessant messes. Um, you know, I, I, I listen to podcasts and then I, I, you know, formulate a lot of ideas um, based on that content. And so I want a quick way to capture those ideas. I like Trello with basically the same, which um, uh, has the same process as Notion. I used to use Notion, but I use Trello now. Um, and so when an idea pops into my head, um, I either capture it in Trello or I write an email to myself. Uh, so I don't necessarily spend too much time um, um, thinking about that idea. I can just capture the main idea and, and send it off to uh, to myself through email or maybe capture it on a Word document. And then after we've captured it, we want to develop it. So ideas that come to mind usually need to be developed and refined before they're good enough to post. And so my process is capture the idea. If you have time to kind of write down the main point. So again, going back to that post about advisory services. Okay, advisory isn't necessarily just reporting KPIs. It's getting... Uh, actionable steps for your client. So that's the main idea. And then I built a story around that. And then so again, if there's a quick story or example, uh, I try to I try to add that. And then I try to get five or five or seven sentences down to flesh out that idea and then refine it. And then I focus on categorization and structure while I write those five or seven sentences, depending on, you know, do I want to make it a, a contrarian opinion? Do I want to be, you know, lead them through a step-by-step -step process to figure something out and then execute? You know, you want to ensure that your post has these key items. You want to hook, you know, a reason to stop the scroll. People are consuming a lot of content. I've heard that people scroll up to 200 feet per day on their device. So if you think about that, you know, that is about four to 450 flicks of the thumb. You know, if you're thinking about, you know, five to six inches per flick on your on your device. So they're flicking, you know, 400 times. What are you going to do to stop them from scrolling? Uh, all posts should have a main value point, like I mentioned before, which is the follow up to reward them after they've kind of taken the bait. They've got hooked on your initial hook uh, sentence. And then. Everything between the hook and the main value point helps your prospects see themselves in that post. So they identify with the problem and then they're open to the emotional um, trigger, uh, which may be a call to action or following you or liking uh, liking the post. This is a great structure that you have outlined. This is for someone who is not familiar with how to write such posts. So... And after looking at looking at this, it looks as if it's doable and it wants to break it down to all these finer pieces. Uh, it makes it, okay, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can delve in that. So this is great. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I'm no different than uh, a lot of CPAs out there, you know, came up through the ranks uh, and, and did the time and grinded and got the credentials and thought that that was going to be sufficient for building my firm. And then we soon learned that as you start a firm that, your technical skills need to evolve into, you know, firm management skills. And one of those key components is marketing and selling. 
And you may be more comfortable in the technician role, you know, completing the client work. But unfortunately, a lot of firms uh, are stuck because the firm owner or leader is too much of a technician. And so if we can find, find frameworks or tools to get us outside of that technician role, um, you know, let's leverage these. And so this is kind of the, the methodology that I've kind of learned and used uh, over the last couple of years as I've got into content creation. So pro tip, look for sources of inspiration. Don't feel like you have to drum up everything from scratch. There's so much content that is applicable in every niche. So I follow this guy and he gives really good graphics about marketing and you know the 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 customer journey. So client uh, our accounting clients do have a customer journey and so if we can understand that and explain that, you know, that's well I, for me it's it's you know my content is specifically for accountants because those accounting firm owners are my perfect client avatar and so a lot of what I share is like how do we attract clients and so for me to understand how a firm owner will buy from me. I need to understand the customer journey. And that goes with any firm. You know, you think about how your customer buys and then make sure you have those um, touch points in the process and move them along um, uh, to, to them purchasing your services. So when so you I work follow- with the accounting firms, would you help them on creating all this building landing page and so on and then uh, helping them write this content and how, how do you how what what do you do with this accounting firms yeah so in firm nexus it's a it's a community con- coaching group and so i offer one to one support i offer group clinics so the one to one support is more you know high level conceptual framework um, work uh, so kind of breaking uh, mindsets that we pick up from these old firms, these larger firms that aren't applicable for, you know, y- newer, younger firms. Um, so that's the one-on-one work. And then the group work is where we get more into technical things. So looking at uh, landing pages, looking at content, you know, looking at that marketing funnel, looking at your tech stack to optimize your team in service delivery. Um, and so I don't help them build a landing page, but we go through those guidelines that we need um, to build an effective landing page for a firm. Okay, great. Okay. So in this example, this gentleman was sharing, you know, sometimes it's daunting. Uh, you know, we want to pick up 20 clients, but the reality is we just don't find 20 clients. It actually goes through the process of building a landing page, you know, send 600 people to that landing page, have them book a demo. Anyway, so I stole that idea. I'm going to say that I stole it, but I refined it to, to an accounting uh, firm or for an accounting firm that's looking for clients. You know, the post was about how finding five clients might seem overwhelming. However, if you can break it down, you know, we need to connect with 200 people. Then we convert 20 of those to um, contacts. Then we convert those, some of those to prospects. And then we get on a call and send those prospects proposals. And then we find those five clients. So those steps are more digestible than that overall arching idea of finding five clients. So this was a popular post, um, definitely got traction with, uh, with my following and had people reach out to, you know, understand better how they could implement this in their firm. So, you know, there's a saying that good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. Now I don't, <laughs> I don't, 
I don't recommend plagiarizing at all. But as you can see, I used an idea that was applicable for, let's say, a SaaS business that was trying to generate demos to an accounting firm that was trying to land clients. Business ideas are the same Mm -hmm. across the board. Just the nuances are what are valuable. Yep. So the result, good content drives leads. So this is the the post that I showed before, breaking down how to get to 250,000 in profit based on the type of client or type of firm that you're running. You know, uh, bookkeeping versus tax compliance versus an advisory firm. And within 12 hours, uh, this is these are real results. I'm not making this up. You know, all of the um, DMs started coming in through LinkedIn. So, you know. Uh, I posted this on a Thursday. You can see that this came in Friday. So I was, you know, they asked, you know, how do you, uh, you do you have training courses to offer and price CFO advisory services? You know, then this person says, I've been following you for a month now and love your content you're putting out. What's the process seeing if it makes sense to have you consult for me, for my firm? Um, so this started resonating with people like, you know, they've been following me online on LinkedIn and appreciate your posts. So uh, you can see here that these 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 contact content contacts are warm, and they finally got to the point where they wanted to reach out. And then you know a relatable post, uh, all of these things, um, all of the posts kind of started resonating to a point. Like I mentioned, that they they decided to reach out and book um, a trajectory or strategy call with me. So. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I want to help bookkeepers and accountants create better content. And so within the coaching community that I mentioned, there's Content Clinic Live, which is uh, real-time content creation support and examples to level up your content creation and become the go-to authority for your business. And so this is monthly content, uh, a monthly content mastermind for bookkeepers and accountants. And what this includes is you know access to the live clinic. So for one hour every month, you're going to sit down with other firm owners that are working and creating content. You'll get 20 post ideas to build your authority. So you're not going to get the actual post because I don't do that. And you're just, you'll get generic content that way, but you get 12 fleshed out post ideas that you can create nuanced um, value for. Uh, you get direct feedback on your post and content. And then real-time support to use those proven post structures that I mentioned before, you know, ideas and sources to generate endless content and then updates on content creation tech and apps. So you're kind of using the best when it comes to chat GPT versus uh, Buffer, which is a scheduling tool versus, uh, you know, Hype Fury, which is a tool to post on X Twitter, uh, things like that. And how can you streamline uh, this process as as much as possible. So, Ganesh, uh, for you know, for those that have made it to the end of the podcast here, if they go to firmnexus.com/slash/content-clinic, uh, they'll get fifteen percent off the first three months of of joining the Content Clinic Live uh, using the coupon code Integra fifteen. And so, head over there, uh, check out um, what the Content Clinic can offer you, and and join there. Great. Uh, so I have a question, Mark. So you create the content. Is there a frequency in which you have to distribute the content once a week, once a month, or what? 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 What is your sweet spot on uh, delivering the content? 
Yeah, for me, I I post primarily on LinkedIn, so I do once a day during okay. the weekday. Okay. Um, that you know, it can be overwhelming to post every day, multiple times a day, and some, you know, some marketing gurus say you know you need to post three or four times a day. I find that posting that many times on LinkedIn is a little overwhelming. However, Twitter X um, does have the appetite for multiple posts per day, just because. Uh, the posts are usually shorter. You know, there's a higher level of consumption. Now, um, sometimes uh, I try to balance the, the the value, the give versus ask ratio. So you give, 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 and then ask, meaning you give value and then you ask later on. And my asks typically look like, you know, join my newsletter, download this lead magnet. And so they're not so overt. Whereas you know, so my ratio is you know, five to one. I give five times and then I ask. Whereas I give ratio on Twitter X might be, you know, give 15 times and then ask because you are posting more frequently and you don't want to inundate them with, with so many asks. Oh, that's great. But this is very useful information, um, Mark. I'm sure that people who have not seen such, such a structure before may make it use, I mean, be very useful for them and they could probably approach you and then get some ideas on this as well. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mark. Is there anything else you want to talk or discuss with regarding to content that we missed out in this presentation? You've covered a lot of information, great information. Yeah, I know it's, it's pretty dense. Thank you for letting me kind of like, you know, take over the conversation. Thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure that our audience will uh, love this.